talk today about being breathless. I don't know if you've ever been really short of breath. Uh, in adulthood, I seem to, as I've got older, acquired, I think they call it hay fever asthma. So it's just a seasonal thing about this time of year. Um, but occasionally, if I do extra, kind of extraneous um, effort, then I can find myself just kind of a bit short of breath, you know? There's not quite enough capacity in my lungs. Anyone else have asthma here? You know uh, what I'm talking about. Um, I don't mean to trigger anything here, but I know that the coronavirus, uh, one of the most deadly effects of the coronavirus was actually on the lungs. And maybe you've spoken to people, or maybe this was your story yourself, is that when you contracted COVID-19, you found yourself just gasping for breath. Something that you do hundreds and hundreds, if not thousands of times every day, suddenly becomes an effort just to just to get enough breath to oxygenate your blood. Sadly, people lost that fight for breath because of COVID-19. Maybe you've uh, been in uh, a swimming pool underwater and you found yourself aware that the oxygen is being used up in your bloodstream while you're under the water. This happened a few years ago Um, Actually, kindly, you all gave us uh, some money as a special gift for some reason, I don't know why, and uh, we went to Croatia on it, and we went on a holiday to Croatia, and uh, somebody that was on a little boat, we went on a boat trip, we stopped by this lagoon where there was a a wreck in the water, and someone dropped their sunglasses in the water from our group, and I, I looked down and I put with my goggles and I thought, you know, I can get those from there, I can, I can see them. So uh, I kind of took a deep breath, what I thought was a deep breath, and uh, I swung down, and they seemed to be getting further away from me the more that the harder I swung. And I could feel the pressure on my lungs begin to squeeze. Have you ever felt that feeling before? And I'm like, I'm committed now. My family are watching up there, and the person whose sunglasses I arrogantly said I could rescue. So I kept on swimming. I finally managed to just reach them by fingertip, grab them, and then as quick as I could, I propelled myself up to the surface. And I can remember that moment as you see the the surface of the water coming up like this. That first breath was a... (gasps) Have you ever felt like she feels? (gasps) Oh, fresh breath. It's a bit stuffy in here, isn't it, right now? When we go outside later for a picnic, some of us are going to walk out and go, fresh air. What does it mean to be breathless? On the 25th of May, 2020, a horrendous thing happened. George Floyd was murdered on the streets of his neighbourhood. And his last words became a, a phrase around the world. And we all know what it was. I can't breathe. They were his dying words, but not only that, they became a heartfelt expression of millions of people around the world that have said, they were saying, enough is enough. I can't breathe in this society with this color skin. I can't breathe. 
I feel the oppression of generations of hardship and oppression. And, and the phrase was, I can't breathe, the placard, I can't breathe. And many feel in today's world like they're suffocated by the system. Does anyone know what I'm talking about? Suffocated by the opinions and by all the different viewpoints. Suffocated by the newsfeed. Suffocated by the opinion of others. Suffocated by all the different opposing mindsets and worldviews. And they have an effect, don't they, on us when we go, it goes deeper in and then the then our spiritual lungs become collapsed in us. I can't breathe. But I've got good news for anyone. Oh, I've got good news for you, Shagan. <laughs> Nothing is broken. <laughs> that is good news for you. Amen? Amen. Yeah? No, I'm talking about. <laughs> I can't breathe. I've got good news for anyone who feels they're short of breath. I mean spiritually. There's only one place known to man or woman, son or daughter, old man, young man, doesn't matter, your age, your background, your ethnicity. There's one place to come if you're feeling spiritually short of breath. And it's to the house of the Lord. Amen. And it's into the presence of the people of God who call on the name of Jesus and who've received the gift of the Holy Spirit. I want to talk today about going from being breathless to fearless. That's the invitation for each and every one of us. For us as a church is to move from being breathless to being fearless. And that was the story of the early church. And we're going to turn to the book of Acts in a moment. It's important we understand, though, that sometimes we get kind of the Instagram version of what happened on the day of Pentecost. Let's be really clear. Only about 120 people were gathered together in an upper room in Jerusalem. That's out of all the thousands that were fed, that said they wanted to follow Jesus, that saw him raise the dead... By the time he's crucified, most of those people have gone back home and just put it down to experience. There's 120 people in an upper room in Jerusalem where Jesus said to wait for them. And you know what? They're not full of boldness. They're full of fear. Probably the door is locked when the last person came in. Probably because the Romans and the temple guards are after them. There's rumours that they've stolen the body of Jesus to kind of fake his resurrection. There's all sorts of rumours around. This little group of upstarts, of cultural rebels, of religious rebels are in a room and they are hiding. But they're waiting. Peter sorts out some issues in terms of leadership. They're waiting. Faithfully, yes. Are they praying? Yes. Are they full of bold prayers? I would suggest to you not yet until what we read about in Acts chapter 2. 50 days after the Last Supper, we read about this as Luke tells us a story in Acts 2, and I'm going to read from verse 1. On the day of Pentecost, all the believers were meeting together in one place. Suddenly there was a sound from heaven like the roaring of a mighty windstorm, and it filled the house where they were sitting. Then what looked like flames or tongues of fire appeared and settled on each of them. 
Let's see what happens. And everyone present was filled with the Holy Spirit and began speaking in other languages as the Holy Spirit gave them this ability. At that time, there were devout Jews from every nation living in Jerusalem. When they heard the loud noise, everyone came running and they were bewildered to hear their own languages being spoken by the believers. They were completely amazed. How can this be, they exclaimed. These people are all from Galilee, and yet we hear them speaking in our own native languages. Here we are, Parthians, Medes, Elamites, people from Mesopotamia, Judea, Cappadocia, Pontus, the province of Asia, Phrygia, Pamphylia, Egypt, and the areas of Libya around Cyrene, visitors from Rome, both Jews and converts to Judaism, Cretans and Arabs. And we all hear these people speaking in our own languages about the wonderful things God has done. They stood there amazed and perplexed. What can this mean, they asked each other. But others in the crowd ridiculed them, saying, they're just drunk, that's all. Let's not let the familiarity of this story pass us by. Something happened. Not of human ingenuity, not of human hype, Something happened. Heaven broke through into the hearts of ordinary, everyday people. The butcher, the baker, the, uh, the oil lamp maker, the everyday person, the uneducated, the men and the women, the boys and the girls, the old men, the old women, the young, every gen- all those who were gathered, every single one of them, heaven invaded their hearts. The Holy Spirit became personally present in their hearts. Hallelujah. Peter was one of them. And brilliantly, Peter, uh, if you just track his story, I'm just gonna, this is like a machine gun of some uh, just point, things to point out. What happens with Peter? It says in verse 14, Then Peter stepped forward with the 11 other apostles and shouted to the crowd, Listen carefully, all of you, fellow Jews and residents of Jerusalem, make no mistake about this. What's got into Peter? You know, the, the, the Jesus denier. Hello? What's got into him? The Holy Spirit has now filled him and he's standing in a public square saying, Hey, everyone, listen to this. <laughs> From breathless to fearless. Jump down even forward, verse 22. People of Israel, listen. God publicly endorsed Jesus the Nazarene by doing powerful miracles, wonders and signs through him, as you may well know. And he goes on. He says, everyone listen. Verse 29. Dear brothers, think about this. (laughs) Boy, it's got into Peter. It's not his abilities to be an orator. It's not his education. It's the Holy Spirit. He's gone from fearless. Oh, he's gone from breathless to fearless, from fearful to bold. The work of the Holy Spirit in an ordinary fisherman's heart. There's so many other things I could point out to you. In verse 32, he, he declares, God raised Jesus from the dead and we're all witnesses of this. Now he's exalted to the place of highest honor in heaven at God's right hand. And the Father, as he has promised, gave him the Holy Spirit to pour out upon us, just as you see and hear today. Hallelujah for his boldness. Verse 37, Peter's words pierced their hearts. (laughs) It wasn't Peter's words. It was Peter's words, but who was speaking? 
the Holy Spirit gave him words that pierced to the hearts. I'm telling you, some people could use persuasive words in, in a language you understand, but there's a, there's a voice that we hear that goes from the heart of God to our hearts, and it pierces our hearts. I'm praying, even if it's just for one of you, one at home or here in this room, I'm praying today, this is my prayer, is that the Word of God will pierce your hearts. The cold, stony, tired, breathless heart. The Lord wants to pierce that heart and breathe his life into every heart that would be open to him. Hallelujah. Brothers, what should we do, they say in verse 37. I love this. What Peter doesn't say, so well, just go to your room and have a little prayer. Oh, just make your mind up. Go and study all the world religions and come back to me, Peter says, when you figured out whether you want to accept this way as just one of the many ways to God. That's not what he says. Look at what he says. Peter's where he said, each of you must repent of your sins and turn to God and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. Then you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. What's got into Peter? The Holy Spirit has made his home in Peter's heart. Now he stands not to offer another religious idea in the middle of Jerusalem, not to offer another alternative way of living to, I don't know, make us feel good. No, he stands in the middle of the public square in Jerusalem and declares there is only one way in which to receive what you see, the joy you see, and that is to repent of your sins, to turn around and accept Jesus and be baptized and then be filled with the Holy Spirit. In Acts chapter 4, don't have loads of time to spend there, but he, a similar thing happens in verse 8. Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, this, is, this time he's in trouble, right? He's in the court. All of this public speaking gets him in front of the council, for they did a healing, and he got in trouble. And this is what he said. So Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, rulers and elders of our people, are we being questioned today because we've done a good deed for a crippled man? Do you want to know how he was healed? Let me clearly state to all of you and to all the people of Israel that he was healed by the powerful name of Jesus Christ, the Nazarene. Oh, breathless denying Peter has become fearless, confident Peter. He's gone from hesitant to confident. Can I hear an amen? He's gone from praying patiently to preaching powerfully in the matter of moments. Why? Because he's received the breath of God. He makes all the difference. And then in they get in even more trouble. There's opposition because of what Peter said. They say, would you please stop mentioning the name of Jesus? This is what happens in uh, chapter 4. And in the middle, then they come back and they say, guys, look what happened. We've been, we're in trouble. All this Jesus talk is getting us in trouble. And then they pray. And this is what they pray in Acts chapter 4, verse uh, 29. And now, our Lord... Hear their threats and give us your servants great boldness in preaching your word. Stretch out your hand with healing power. May miraculous signs and wonders be done through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. After this prayer, the meeting place shook. Oh. 
And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. And then they preached the word of God with boldness. Oh, that we would spread the wings of our prayers beyond our own personal comfort. Oh, that we might be a church that becomes obsessed with the glorious name of Jesus. Oh, that we might be so taken up with the heart of God is that when we pray, our prayer is, God, would you help us be even bolder in our witness? But in order for that to happen, brothers and sisters, we have a journey to go on. And maybe it begins with admitting our kind of breathlessness of where we're really at today. I've been there more times than you probably realize. I've been there in the place of prayer, hardly able even to whisper a prayer. Faith levels, not off the scale, but on the bottom. God, I don't know if you can really manage this. I don't know if you're really listening, God. You know, just the breath of a whisper. Listen, I want to tell you, if that's where you are today, you are in good company if your prayers feel feeble. Can I hear an amen from somebody? You're in good company if you feel like they're not making, if you feel just just catching a breath and you come to a service and, and maybe even you're watching online and this, this is like, I just, I just need, I just need a breath. I just need half a breath to get through this week. I want to tell you that's a good place to start, but that's not where this thing finishes. That's not God's heart for you or for me or for us as a church. He wants to move us from being breathless and superficial to being able to breathe deep. The breath of God. Some days we may feel breathless, but on other days, by the power of the Holy Spirit, we can feel fearless and we can be fearless. We don't have time to go there now. I'll tell you later or just come and ask me. I did some study in the Old Testament. And the number of times somebody is named or said to have the Holy Spirit comes upon them is very few. There's a place when there's like 70 elders. There's a few priests. I can even name them for you. There's a craftsman in Exodus 3. Then there's Joshua, Othniel, Gideon, Samson, Saul, David, and Ezekiel. In the whole of the Old Testament, probably, I reckon, about 100 and something people. In the whole of those hundreds and hundreds of years that the Old Testament tells us the Holy Spirit comes upon. Now, in one moment, not elders, not priests, everyday people gather in the presence of God. And God breathes his breath. This is a concern of mine. Balloons. (laughs) Just go with me on this, all right? This took a lot of preparation. I even went to look. Sometimes we feel deflated like this. Sometimes the church over those 2,000 years has been like this, shapeless, made for something but unaware of its purpose, unable to fulfill its purpose. I wonder if you can come and help me. Come and blow this up for me, right? You look like you've got great big lungs, mate. All right, come and... <laughs> Thank you, mate. You t- He's like, I was hiding. I didn't even want you to know I was here. So it's like, go for it. Blow it, blow it up as big as you can. Ready? I hope you get this on camera. This guy's lungs. Look at them. 
Look at that. That's great. You better stop, otherwise it's going to pop. Do you know how to tie it? Uh, ish. All right, okay. See, this is what happens. There's a danger if you sit on the front row. You either get splashed or you get picked on like this. Okay, right, let's go. I'll do it. <laughs> so um, let's have a round of applause. Thank you. Instead of shapeless, now something to celebrate with. <laughs> Nothing personal. Let's even keep it going. That's good. <laughs> In many ways over the years, the church, I hope not here. I hope not here. But in some ways, the church has had a potential, but lost its shape. In the same way, see, it gets more ridiculous. Something is meant to bring joy, but without breath in it, pointless. With breath in it, <laughs> why are you laughing? It's a serious, this is a serious preach. I'm t- <laughs> With the breath of God. Joy, just a bit of laughter, colour. Or at times we've been like this harmonica. Really shiny, looks great, polished, has great potential. But what it needs is the breath of Elijah. So Elijah, would you come and stand here? That wasn't an Old Testament reference. His name's actually Elijah, okay? I wasn't getting all prophetic on you. So, uh, Elijah, breathe through the harmonica for us. No, no, we need the mic. They can't hear otherwise. This is going to be good. With the breath of God, we hear the melody of heaven. We, we hear a song of grace. We hear the truth of the unique saving grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. What we need, church, what you and I need is the breath of God more than ever. Because all that pressure just crowds around. I want to invite you in a moment. We're going to pray. and We're going to pray that the God would come and fill us again. That we'll be able to breathe deep the breath of God. You see, our vision as a church is to see Jesus' love transforming communities. And that means the neighborhood where you live. That means this area around here. God's got a plan for this area. Do you know what? Just an aside, um, they're going to, at some point fairly soon, they're going to knock down the boots and the, all that stuff on the water fields. There's going to be hundreds and hundreds more people going to be moving here. Next few years, that's all been earmarked for housing. This community, God's hand is on this community. He's bringing people here who need to hear of the amazing grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. Can I hear an amen? Yeah. 
And here we are. We need to extend. But our vision isn't about buildings or things that you can count or congregations to plant. Our vision is about you and me becoming a people who are strong in faith, deep in prayer and bold in witness. Let's say it again. Strong in faith, deep in prayer and bold in witness. Can we manage that on our own? No. Are we going to do it without cooperation and partnership with all the other churches? No. But for certain, one thing we can't do it is through good leadership and great ingenuity and a nice building and good PowerPoints and online services. No, what we need, who we need is the breath of the Holy Spirit. And he can make you strong in faith. And he will make you deep in prayer. And he'll make us bold in witness. From breathless to fearless for the glory of the Lord. Hello, I'm so sure. I am so sure. If there's anything I'm sure of, I'm telling you. I'm so sure. I'm so sure. In fact, there's very few things I'm more sure of than I'm sure of that. Seriously, it's just religion otherwise. It's just doctrines otherwise. It's just gathering. It's just a social, you could be a sociologist and acknowledge and and analyze all this as just being a social construct. I'm telling you, without the Holy Spirit, this is just a social construct. Hello? With him, it's everything. Magdi talked last week, and I'll come into land in just a moment. Magdi talked about last week. The important message was that we would not play games with the Holy Spirit and be flippant towards him, but instead honor him as God and that we would respect and and obey his leading and obey his leading and understand that he is Lord. And sometimes he makes suggestions, but most of the time he's giving us instructions that we either choose to obey or to ignore. Well, some people have a dramatic experience of being filled with the Holy Spirit. For me, I was about 12 years old. I was in the bath, and I I said, God, I want to speak in tongues. So I just said, fill me with your Holy Spirit. And try not to visualize this, but I was was on my own, and I've received the gift of praying in tongues, and, and I've not stopped ever since, pretty much on a daily basis. And the gift of praying in tongues is not weird when you think about the limits of human language and the endless expanse of God's language. And you realize that the suspension of human intellect is not, it's nothing weird. It's actually a really amazing thing that we who are spirit can commune with God, spirit to spirit. It's an amazing thing. We're going to pray for that in a moment. But I also want to say, It might begin with a feeling. And maybe you're here today and you don't normally come to church. I spoke to somebody last week who's not, don't usually, this is my second time to church ever. I said, how do you find it? And uh, they said, well, I don't, I'm not really, I'm only here because I have to be. (laughs) Sympathy to anyone who's only here because you have to be. But God bless you anyway. You're not here by accident, even if you're dragged here. And he said, what I don't understand is the feeling the atmosphere. There's something amazing in this place. I'm telling you, that is the Holy Spirit. 
We might feel him first, then we begin to see him at work. And then we begin, if we really open ourselves up to him, he begins to fill our hearts. And as he does that, we find ourselves praying in languages that we've never known and learned before. And whether or not they're kind of structured languages or just the expression of the heart, for me, doesn't matter. What matters is that you cannot contain the Holy Spirit when he really wants to move. And as we've already read, he speaks and he moves and he speaks and he moves and he fills. And we're going to give him room now in just a moment to speak and to move. As the band come up, I just want to let you know that I'd love to say up, up here that I always get this right, this prompting. A few weeks ago, I've, God clearly told me in the morning that I had a meeting that day and the Lord said, I want you to take your book. I've written a, a book, the first book I wrote called The Power of One. Actually, it's on sale downstairs and available on Amazon if you want it. <laughs> You could order now while listening to me. Oh, no. um, anyway, the reason I mention it is that the Lord clearly took, it was a clear prompting of the Holy Spirit. Take the book to this meeting. It's like, that's a bit arrogant, isn't it? Just to present I've never met before and just say, here's a book. So I didn't do it. I get to the meeting and about, I don't know, an hour and a half into the meeting, we get talking and he says, um, so you've written the book, is that right? What was that about? And I told him what I said, what I wouldn't do to get a copy of that book. So quickly, I phoned one of our team here and the staff. I said, I'm going to give you an address now. Just send this guy the book. But the other day, I, I'm just on a journey. That's all I'm trying to say. You can be you're on the journey as well. Just the whisper of God, act on it. I was out cycling over on the Munden estate trying to get some exercise. After about 40 minutes or so, I'm on my way home. I'm aware of the time. I've got to have a shower. I've then got to get ready for my meeting at nine. Then I've got to be online on a meeting at nine. I'm kind of rushing back and I'm cycling along, obviously very fast. And I'm cycling along and uh, there's a guy walking past. And uh, I heard this voice in my head say, uh, he's a trumpeter, he's a trumpet blower. Okay, I carried on cycling. After a half, I don't know, 30 seconds, I felt the Holy Spirit say, no, he's a trumpet blower. I was like, great, God, thanks for showing me that. And then after maybe two, three hundred meters, that's quite a lot, I thought, I've got to go round. I've got to turn round. So I, I, was, I was kind of annoyed. So I'm going to be late. I'm going to have to go around. And so what if he's not there? And I'm praying on them going back as I hope he's gone. I hope he's turned off or something. I, I'm just saying how what was in my head. And as I'm going along, um, I, I just said, well, what am I going to do? I'm just going to interrupt this guy's walk. Uh, anyway, I got up to him, and he's like, what, what are you doing? He's like, I'm sure I've seen you before. He takes his AirPods out, and I, I said, um, I know this is the best way I knew how. I said, are you a Christian? And he goes, well, yeah, I am a Christian. Oh, that's a few. This is going to be easier. You're a Christian. Okay. Um, have, uh, do you believe that kind of God speaks? He goes, well, sometimes. Okay, well, I was just cycling past you, and God told me you're a trumpet blower. And I think what that means is that God is wanting you to call people to pray, to blow a trumpet to pray. And he looked at me 
as if maybe I'd seen a fly on his face and slapped it. Just stared at me. That's probably the end of the story. So he put his AirPods in and walked on and I cycled back and said, God, I do not know what the point of that was. And I heard the Holy Spirit say, no, but I do. I wonder how many times like that I've missed thousands. The prompting of the Holy Spirit. And do you know what's held me back? And do you know what holds you back as well? It's fear. Fear of what people will think. Fear of opinion. I want to invite you as we stand in a moment and as we pray to just let go of that fear. To just make an agreement with God. I want to breathe deep again. And at home, my prayer is for you is that you will rediscover in that place where you are right now a boldness and a fullness of the breath of God again. And if it's been a while since you prayed in tongues, then get that prayer language out of the drawer and start praying again. That gift of prophecy, that prayer. So Holy Spirit, we welcome you. We welcome you, God. We welcome you, Lord. We thank you that you're here already. And God, our hearts, we long for another Pentecost. In Wellspring Church, Lord, we long for another Pentecost. In the church in Watford, so often, Lord, deflated, too often joyless and tuneless. God, we pray you take us in your hand and that you breathe in us again. May we breathe deep the breath of God. Hallelujah. So friends, I invite you. You don't have to do this. I invite you though, perhaps when you're ready, just to stand and open yourself up to the Lord. And Shania is going to lead us in a song. And at home, my prayer is as you sit and as you kneel, that you'll reach out and say, God, we need more of you. God, my God, how I need you. So we say, come Holy Spirit. Fall afresh on us. Fall afresh on us. And if you've never given your life to the Lord Jesus, today is a day when you can say yes to him. He's here with a gentleness. He knows our needs.